I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The world we inhabit is not as free, or certain, or safe as you might think. The things that you believe to be unassailably evident are little more than shadows dancing behind a curtain. A masquerade, crafted and dutifully upheld by an organization known as the Foundation. The file you are about to hear contains containment procedures, descriptions, testing logs, historical and in some cases first-hand accounts of the anomalous objects the Foundation serves to secure, contain and protect. Its contents have been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Title Portraits of the Trees Material Requirements Disposable Syringe Needles 5 milligrams, at least 5 spares, but having extra would be appreciated. Corticosteroids and epinephrine, 5 milligrams respectively, extra dosages of each would be required. Mary Powell, female, age 55, acting as my performer, already in my possession. Ordinary table and chair, one of each, both already in my possession. Paper, at least one stack required, already in my possession. Thumbtack pens, already in my possession. Art utensils, including sketching pencils, watercolor and acrylic paints, etc., already in my possession. Repurposed recycling machine, already in my possession. Standard Colt 1911 pistol, loaded with one live round, awaiting approval from security, and already in my possession. Volumetric time dilation device, can be retrieved from most foundation sites with the temporal department. Isolated 4.5 meter by 4.5 meter chamber with an additional observation room that's been sufficiently sealed and equipped with a large semi-transparent window. Special accommodation request has been completed, awaiting verification. The trees of Atterbury Lane, already in my possession. Aerosolized phencyclidine, already in my possession. Abstract. Portraits of the Trees will be a performance piece in which visitors can gather a first-hand glimpse of the human mind and its response to elevated levels of stress. Everyone will congregate within the designated observation room to ensure that no one is accidentally affected by the exhibit. Once the crowd has been situated, I'll introduce myself and the performer, who will be seated at the table inside of the other room. Once I read through my scripted speech, the performance will officially begin. No one will be allowed to enter the exhibit room at this point, except for myself. As the scene opens, I will start by revealing the trees of Atterbury Lane, a painting made by myself to the audience. Upon viewing the portrait, many in the crowd will begin to feel anxious or depressed. Some might even grow uncomfortable and request that I put it away. Soliciting these responses will be, of course, intentional. Likewise, I will also show this painting to the performer, who will then be instructed to remake the artwork exactly. Miscellaneous supplies, tools, and materials will be neatly organized and provided on the performer's table for her convenience. As she constructs her art, 
the exhibit room will slowly begin filling with aerosolized phencyclidine, which will be circulated by the repurposed recycling machine. This substance will quickly cause the performer to dissociate and detach from her surroundings. Additionally, this will make her assigned task increasingly more difficult to accomplish and will incentivize the performer to finish painting as quickly as possible. Once the performer completes her recreation, she will be instructed to hold her painting up to the window for myself and the visitors inside the observation room to critique. As the director of the performance, whether or not her results are satisfactory will be up to my discretion. If I deem her art as a success, she will be allowed to leave the exhibit room in which I will cancel the rest of the performance and withdraw my submission from the 2014 Expo. However, if I'm not satisfied with the content of her work, the performer will be instructed to remake the painting again. Her previous attempt will be discarded and pinned to the walls of the exhibit room. For every failure, I will enter the performance room and inject her with varying amounts of corticosteroids and epinephrine. This will cause the performer to become anxious and panicked. Furthermore, Due to time constraints, I've decided to surround the immediate vicinity of the performer's workspace with a volumetric time dilation device. Its purpose is twofold. To lengthen the effect of the drugs within the performer's body via the slowing of reality around her, and also to allow her ample time to create as many paintings as she desires. After our performer tries and fails several times to recreate the painting, she should begin succumbing to the effects of both the corticosteroids and epinephrine inside of her, as well as the aerosolized phencyclidine. It'll be at this moment that some of our visitors start realizing the futility of her situation. On the table in front of the performer, a Colt 1911 pistol, loaded with a single round, will also be provided. At any point in time, she will be able to use the gun in whatever way she desires. The performance will climax and subsequently conclude once that pistol is fired. Intent. Isolation can be a very powerful thing. It's not surprising just how effective it can be in entrapping us, chaining innocent people to their fears and anxieties. Whenever I discuss the topic of isolation with my friends or colleagues, many will claim that they feel a tinge of sadness or pity for those who share a complicated history of battling with it. For others who are more fortunate than the rest of us, however, they see isolation as a weapon that they can wield and hone against the weak. As a child, the only feelings I ever experienced were those associated with isolation. You see, I was born into this world with a gift, an ability that allowed others to feel the emotions I had through my art. Whenever I was happy or excited, for example, my drawings would make others equally as joyful. Likewise, whenever I drew something that stemmed from anger or malice, those who gazed upon my creations also shared and festered in that rage. My mother was the first to discover this ability, long before I ever realized it existed. Once she was aware of it, she did everything in her power to hoard me away from everyone else, to conceal me from others who might try to use my gifts for their own desires. She would always ask me to paint something for her. Of course, in my naivety, I always complied with the requests. Painting after painting, soon the only thing that ever made me happy were the trees outside my bedroom window with their long branches and elegant leaves that swayed in the autumn wind. I wished to imitate the beauty that I saw from them in my work. Every day I would try to remake those trees, but even now, it still feels like I could never get it exactly right. My mother found pleasure and euphoria from my labor, whether it was by selling my creations or through the gratification she received from experiencing my portraits. 
Mary Powell had been completely oblivious to the child that she had raised, painfully unaware of the fact that behind those portraits and the mysterious gift that he had, there was a screaming boy who begged for freedom, to be rescued from the chains of his bedroom walls, and to finally have someone that he could rely on and talk to, someday. She had robbed him of everything that he wished to seek, leaving him to be nothing but a desolate, hollow shell. And now here we are, with the tables turned entirely. In her ignorance, she never thought that I'd come back, that I wouldn't one day seek some sort of recompense for my suffering. How absolutely ludicrous of my mother. Surely she must know that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Oh, but don't think that I'm really like my mother. After all, the doors leading to her room would be left unlocked. I'm not some decrepit fool like she is. At any point in time during the performance, she may freely leave if she wishes to do so. That would also mean my complete withdrawal from the 2014 Expo. I'd even cancel all my submissions to any future exhibitions as well, just so I can prove that I'm nothing like my mother, Mary Powell. But in case this incites any panic, you don't have to worry. Remember that my mother and I have the same blood in our veins. She too considers herself a perfectionist, much like myself in that regard. I can promise you, with every fiber of my being, she won't leave. Hell, she won't do anything else at all. Not for the rest of her days. Not until she finishes her portraits of the trees, that is. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear, follow the link in the description to patreon.com slash scpunredacted and help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. You can get access to production logs, merchandise, recognition, and even a part in a skip. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Gregory Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.